Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Alright, hola mi gente. Welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. And oh my goodness, I'm just, I feel so pumped up this week. I have so many exciting details and just facts, quotes, all that good stuff that I want to talk about for this episode. So let's get right into it. Now, something that just highlighted me and I fell so in love with was the creation of this new platform, which they have an Instagram for, and it's called She Se Puede, which the Instagram handle is she underscore se puede. And it was created on September 2nd, 2020 by about 10 Latina actresses, activists, so forth, to then, you know, not only uplift our Latina community in a safe space that just understands what it's like to be Latina, a woman of color, but they also created this platform because they want to increase our voter outcomes for our Latino community. And once again, Eva Longoria is one of the amazing co-founders for this platform. Now, give me one second. I just got to unlock my phone. Something that I wanted to share that comes strictly from the article about this platform is this year there are 32 million eligible Latino voters in the U.S. Yet Latina turnout rates are 14 to 20 percent lower than non-Hispanic Latina black or white women. And if that was not motivation for these amazing Latinas to just push forward for a platform like this, I don't know what is. And just seeing that, once again, a safe space was just created for all of us to feel that we can come to, to feel like we could watch IG Lives, attend virtual panels in a place where we resonate with the leaders in front of us, I think is so enlightening and is what we need, especially right now during the really odd time in the world we're living in. We just needed that space that felt like home. You know what I mean? Because it's always nice to have more than one home and just having a comunidad like that is just so uplifting. Now, speaking of an uplifting type, you know, vibe environment, that's exactly what I want to continue to do for you. Now, for today's episode, we're going to go ahead and talk more in detail about college majors. Do they matter? How do you go about choosing? Uh, what if you change it about 10 million times? Okay, really not 10 million, but that's just an exaggerated example because, you know, that's just how I am. Now, before we get into more detail about that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick ad break, but we'll be right back. Whoo! All right, now we're back. So, mi gente, college major. So what exactly is a major? And basically, it's the type of area that students choose to really focus their studies on as they're going through college. And I know that for undergrad, especially in community college as well, it's usually students are like bouncing back and forth from different majors and deciding what they like. Now, let me just give you a little background about how my relationship with majors was, is, whatnot. So when I started community college back in Orange County, I 
was a psychology major. I genuinely loved the major. I loved my professors and all the work I did for the field in psychology at that specific campus. However, once I transferred to UC Santa Barbara, so I pretty much had to change my major. Not necessarily because I did not like psych anymore, because I did. I had put so much time and attended psychology research conferences during my time in a community college, such as the Western Psychological Association, the Association American wait, Association of Psychology in America. I think that's how it pronounces. Anyways, and not only did I attend those conferences, but I also presented. Anyways, so once I went to UCSB, um, so a lot of the times when you do transfer specifically for UCs, I can't really speak upon Cal States because I didn't research too much about this, but specifically for like UCSB, and I know for other UCs, if you go in as a specific major, which in my case was psychology, but it could also be sociology, um, history, so forth. If you do not finish most of your lower division courses that is required for that major at like UCSB, UCI, UCLA, etc., then when you get to that UC institution, if you don't have all the lower division courses that are recommended for you to finish at the CC and then you take those courses at the UC, a lot of the times those courses will be weeder courses. Once again, weeder, which definitely is just a way to say that you will take that lower division class for a UC tuition price that you could have taken to community college. And it would be like 20 times harder just because that's the class or classes that most students take during their undergrad before they officially declare to be full psychology. So when I went to a UC or applied to all the UCs, I got admitted as pre-psychology because I had all my lower divisions done. However, I did not complete the calculus math requirement. So once I did transfer Um, I had to take it at UCSB. Obviously, I did not do great in it. And that's that. I tried taking it twice. I'm just not a math person. And I had to change my major. Thankfully, I found majors that not only did I, you know, have most of the classes done for, but I also really enjoyed. And that was the global studies major and the Spanish major. Now, let's backtrack a little bit because I'm sure like a lot of questions will come up. So how do students go about figuring out what lower division courses they need to take at the community college to ensure that if and when they transfer to a UC, um, they won't land into the Wheeler classes and could go straight into their major. So in my case, I got in as pre-psychology because I did not take calculus at my community college. So that's what happened to me. But if you take all those classes, you're most likely going to get your letter that says you got admitted as a psychology major instead of pre-psychology, if that makes sense. So the best way to find out if you, to find out not only if you finished all the lower div classes that you need specifically for your major is two ways. One, go to an academic counselor at your local community college that you go to that not only are you like, you know, you've gone to a couple times so you share a good connection with, but can also sit down and explain to you 
how to go about like which classes you want to go to. Now I know there is sometimes people feel like their academic counselors aren't the most helpful. However, that's not necessarily true for every counselor. It's just, as we all know, when people bring up, you know, negative, negative experiences or I guess topics those are the ones that stick more with us as students so we'll do our best to steer away from going to counselors or going to mentors and whatnot no like just like how there are I'm sure some counselors that maybe could have been more uplifting to students I know there are just as many academic counselors that do care about the students and will sit down and help you the best way that they can now definitely go to one of your academic counselors at your community college secondly if by any chance you can't go with your academic counselor and you based on like let's say you have a busy schedule because let's be real my mi gente I've learned and I know myself from first-hand experience, even though there can be a lot of workshops, a lot of panels, and a lot of, you know, mentor opportunities at campuses, most of our Latinx individuals, scholars, whatnot, um, they can't necessarily always attend those because they need to go out and, like, work to make money to, if it's not helping la familia it's helping themselves meet ends meet so if you can't do that i mean attend an academic counselor you could go ahead and log into assist.org once again assist.org and basically how that works is when you log on i'm not gonna lie it looks a little scary just because oh my goodness the professionalism is so real however it's really easy to navigate once you play with it a little bit But basically, you would pick the community college campus that you're currently enrolled at, and then you would go ahead and pick the four-year university that you are planning to transfer to. Once you pick the university you are planning to transfer to, which could either be a Cal State or a UC, then you'll go ahead and see, which in my case, UCSB. I went down and looked at all the majors. I saw that psychology was a major that was, you know, available at UCSB, so I saw which were the pre-wet courses that were best for me to take at a community college before transferring, and I took them. Obviously, I skipped out on calculus, and it's not because I didn't know I had to take calculus. It was simply because I was just ready to transfer, and I'm going to be honest, I just didn't want to spend another year at my community college which is so ironic because I have so many incredible academic, professional, and, you know, social memories from that campus. However, I was going into three years. I didn't want to go into four, so that's why I just took the risk. And even though I knew I should have taken the calculus at my CC, didn't happen. But you know what? We live and we learn, mi gente. So... Definitely, if you can't go to academic counselor, or even if you can go, you can still go on assist.org. And it's also super helpful because a lot of the times, let's say, again, UCSB, I had to take calculus. If you go ahead and look up a school such as UC Irvine, I do remember that not only did they require calculus, I also believe they required another like mathematical kind of course. 
I can't remember at the top of my head, but that's just the example that I can give that shows that even as an undergrad student transferring from a CC, community college, you want to go ahead and just look at the different prereq requirements that each UC or Cal State may have for your specific major. Now, it is common that Cal State universities, they do require a little less prereqs in comparison for UCs when it comes to, you know, courses to take for your major lower div. All right, mi gente, I know that was a mouthful, but I hope that was pretty insightful. Now, before we continue on, we're going to take another quick break, but then we're going to go ahead and talk more about the next topic. All right, so I hope you all enjoyed that ad. Just going back into the next topic, I talked about how it was with you know, choosing your, choosing about like majors, choosing it, assist.org, academic counselors, all that good, you know, all that good stuff. Now, let's say you're finally at your four-year university, four-year institution. And like I said, I made the change where I went into global studies and Spanish. And obviously there are more majors such as sociology, such as computer science, engineering, biology, all that good stuff. And well, now mi gente... Even though my undergrad experience, I had studied three different, I guess, fields because, I mean, I have the pieces of paper that say, you studied psych, Spanish, and global studies. Well, now I'm in a grad program for a teaching credential and further on a master's in education at this Cal State that I'm so in love with. And I also left out this part. Um... So I've never really highlighted it before, but basically when I graduated UCSB 2018, I was able to get a job as a science teacher for a nonprofit organization that pretty much like gave me the experience and not even ex- not just experience, but the eye-opening for me that made me realize education, studying it as a career and whatnot is something I want to do, which is what helped me realize what grad degree I wanted. So I'm going to take a few steps back. And if you are trying to just get a job right after your bachelor's degree, because it may be that you want work experience before going to grad school, or maybe you just feel like grad school isn't for you and you just know it in your heart and you just want to go straight into the working field, I get it. And this is what I'm going to tell you, mi gente, whatever major you decide to do during undergrad does not always, and I'm going to say does not always, necessarily matter. Now bear with me. As I kind of gave you in my background, I did not study anything about education, like all the amazing instructors that I worked with, they had studied um a lot of different areas of study. Like we had a couple that studied biology, a couple of them that studied kinesiology, and another, a few of them, they had studied um, philosophy. So we had a diverse round of, you know, majors and majors that they studied in their undergrad institution. However, what made us such a good team as instructors was the fact that not only did we have a diversified skill set because we touched upon different like academic and 
you know, just experience material during our time in college. But having those diverse backgrounds also gave each of us as instructors that special, unique key that reaches students to want to learn from us. So I did not have any background in STEM. And based on like, you know, the experience I gained during undergrad, such as research, um, outreach, peer mentoring programs, it gave me the experiences I needed to highlight during my job interviews that I had right after my undergrad experience. Now, if you're trying to study something more like, I would say, engineering, I'm assuming you would need your engineering degree. And I... Based on what I have prior knowledge of right now, I can't really speak more on engineering or computer science. However, based on the social sciences degrees and the humanities degrees, if you're trying to find a job right after undergrad, where in my case, as I told you, a educator for a nonprofit, or if you're trying to work in sales or marketing for like a company such, it could be as big as Pepsi or even a smaller type of business, as long as you gain the experiences needed, such as through internships or such as through volunteer opportunities, or even just by taking for your electives, like courses related to marketing or courses related to graphic designs, or like I said, even just playing with graphic designs yourself, because believe it or not, there are individuals that literally just create a website for fun to have that experience. And then because they dabbed and learned how to create websites on their own time, they were then right after their graduation from, you know, from their undergrad, they were able to use their website to be part of their business portfolio to then, you know, bring up during their job interview that they would get right after their undergrad experience. I hope all of this makes sense. So as mentioned, if you're trying to get into, you know, straight into a job, career, bachelor's degree, salary, whatever that even means anymore, but that's for another episode, you are most likely still going to get a job with your bachelor's degree. Just make sure you do your best to gain experiences on your campus, whether it be through organizations, research assistantships, or even on your own time where you genuinely spend the time to do graphic designs or play with audio and whatnot. And that will give you a higher chance to be and feel like a better candidate for a job interview. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? And I also am highlighting the word feel like a better candidate because a lot of the times, too, you could you could literally have all the experiences and tools needed. And I can say this because I felt this myself, too, mi gente. You could have all the tools and experiences needed to be amazing in a, you know, a role that's opened. However, if you don't feel that you're confident enough to do it, you may, you know, miss out on an opportunity. So it's also important to have confidence and basically just diversify your skill set past your college major while you're in college, because then that will help you just highlight the, you know, highlight yourself during these job interviews. So having a specific major, like, You don't have to have a major in education or liberal studies to get a teaching credential or, in my case, be a teacher for a nonprofit. You don't have to do that. You could literally study 
let me bring up another major. You can literally study media marketing or you could literally study um, art, the arts, but as long as you have like experiences and are able to write, you know, yourself a good statement, you could still apply to a teaching credential, a grad program in education, or, you know, any other educator roles that will hire you without a teaching credential. And there's a lot of jobs like that. But again, I can only speak more based on my experience and what I've further researched at this point. Because trust me, Mijente, if I could literally have the mind of like my computer, my beautiful MacBook Air that can like store all my saved data and information in my brain to then just like spit out as efficiently as I can as soon as I type in literally just one keyword, I would do that for all of you. Trust me, I would. But unfortunately, I'm a human being and I'm just kidding. I love being human. It makes me me, you know, but because, you know, I have a human brain. I don't work like a MacBook Pro. So, well, in my case, a MacBook Air. So whenever I can really like, okay, I know this, I will go ahead and share with you. Now, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about, let's say you're trying to t- like apply to graduate school where you want to be a counselor or you want to be, uh, let's see, I said counselor, or if you want to be, I have more in my head. Why I, Why does this always happen to me, Mayanthe? Sometimes things, I just get so passionate that it just leaves my mind. Oh, I remembered some. Okay, so let's say you want to be a counselor. Let's say you want to be a therapist or you want to work in public policy and, but you know, do grad school for that specifically first or you want to do grad school for like narrative medicine. Now, there are so many different master's programs nowadays and I think it's just such a beautiful thing because it allows all of us that want to continue on in education to just be exposed to so many different majors that can specify for our needs that we want to do at a professional sense and you know career level. Now, if you went ahead and studied something during undergrad, such as religious studies, psychology, Spanish, and you're trying to get into a grad program that, you know, is psychology-based, but you studied religious studies, or if you got your undergrad degree in Spanish, but you're trying to get your master's in education, things like that, you could still go to grad school for a different degree and not have to have study it during your undergrad. It kind of goes back to that same concept where, and this one I can clarify because I've had like friends who are in medical school like walk me through it, but basically there are a lot of med students that have this you know, this they have this understanding that they feel the need to just study biology during undergrad because that will help them get into medical school, like, you know, have a higher chance to do so. However, that's not necessarily the case. During your undergrad, you could literally study other majors as long as the medical school that you are trying to apply to, you take, which kind of goes back to community college and UCs and Cal States, you take the prereqs that are needed from that undergrad institution where you get your BA, you take the you know, the prereq requirements needed for that specific medical school. So let's say you're trying to study medicine at UC Davis and you want to go ahead and research the medical campus, I mean the medical school medical school area of UC Davis and gather all the information you need to figure out which courses best fit you, best fit the UC Davis medical school needs that you can finish at your current undergrad institution. 
I hope that makes sense, mi gente. So it's like if you're studying something such as education and you want to be a doctor, um, go ahead and look at UC Davis medical school requirements. And if they have, if they require you to take certain classes of biology, chemistry, physics, but you don't necessarily have to be a bio major, just make sure that while you're studying your undergrad at that, at your current institution, you finish your major because you need a BA degree regardless, no matter if you want to be a doctor or just go to grad school or so forth, get that. But also make sure you do your research and figure out which courses I need to be able to be in UC Davis Medical School. Because if you're also, let's say, trying to apply to the University of San Francisco Medical School, there's a good chance that you know they won't have the same prereq requirements. Requirements. So you're going to want to do your research for that during your undergrad, and just figure out your best method to take your LSAT, MCATs, and whatnot. So, for any of you, mi gente, that are trying to figure out what major do I want to study in college? Does it really matter? Is it going to cost me? You know, some. Is it going to be kind of negative for me not to study? something super specific and I won't get a job or I won't be able to go to grad school. No. All I'm going to say is work hard, put in the time for your undergrad experience, get your major, but also get the experiences needed. And then let's say, mi gente, that you, you know, you, you find yourself being an undergrad student where you have to work a lot so you're working a full-time job while being a full-time student so you don't necessarily have you know the open time frames to always volunteer every weekend or to always go to every meeting of your organization if you can't do that that doesn't necessarily mean you can't still go to grad school or you can't necessarily get the experiences you need to highlight your resume after your your graduation um, during your undergrad. No, what you can do is, again, like when you do have the time, reach out and go to the career center or go to the, you know, there's a lot of campuses that even, I know I'm seeing them more in community colleges, but definitely at the four-year universities, UC and CSUs, they have a lot of um, minority minority specific centers where you can go and a lot of the counselors that work there or a lot of the career center advisors that work in that specific um, minority student or um, building they can give you the resources or they can like give you you know tips or advice on organizations that they may not meet every week. However, they do do volunteer opportunities. So whenever you can, you could pick up a couple of those and not necessarily have to go every time. I hope that makes sense. And well, mi gente, that's kind of like the best feedback I could give in that sense. I hope you find this episode super helpful. Now, before we officially end, you know I can't end without saying a quote of the day. So give me one sec as I literally unlock my phone again. It's so funny, mi gente, because as I'm learning how to podcast, and as you can tell, I'm, I'm not the most tech-savvy person. I feel like I also have to let you all know, especially if there is little sound in the background, that it's just me opening my book or it's just me opening my phone to look at my notes because you can't really, you can't see my face, but I know you can hear the little background noises because this mic kind of picks up a lot for being such a small mic. So I want to make sure that you know what it is I'm opening. 
So let's go into this quote. All right. You are no better than anyone else. And no one is better than you. Katherine Johnson. And I was actually able to find this quote written by Katherine Johnson on Mijas Chingona's Instagram page. And uh, talking about like just the amazing Latinx platforms that, you know, are being created, especially during this time of COVID. I think it's so great because not only is there a community that uplifts all Latinas, but there are also communities that uplift Latinx individuals that are literally going through grad school or undergrad during this uncertain time. So once again, mi gente, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, comment, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Go ahead and check out my website. All of this you will find on cafecitoconestrellita.com or just the handles cafecitoconestrellita. And if you, like I said, if you felt like maybe I said too much in this, too much information in just one episode, let me know so then I know how to like kind of like, you know, cut down a little more for future episodes. All right, mi gente, I'll talk to you later. Have a good night.